Today we are speaking with the always outspoken, quick-witted and stingingly influential Scott Stratton. Scott is an expert in viral, social and authentic marketing, which he calls unmarketing. Author of four incredibly engaging books on marketing with a new one in the pipe, he holds serious sway in the Twitterverse with over 185,000 people following his daily rantings and was named one of the top five social media influencers in the world by Forbes. So Scott, welcome to Cup of Joe. Thank you, and thank you for the Cup of Joe. We try, we try. You do. Service, it's all about the service. <laughs> how did you get your start into this crazy world, and then how did you get into the world of unmarketing? Back in the old days, uh, when I graduated college and was employable, I was uh, the national sales training manager for a packaging company. And I realized that we're going through that, that people were always teaching people how to sell and market in an interruptive way more messages we can blast out. And again, this is, this is 16, 17 years ago. And it, it really hit a pinnacle when I was in a friend's office and, and the phone rings and he picks it up and, and somebody was cold calling him on the other side of the line. And he starts berating the guy, right? Get a real job and he hangs up and I'm like, I know, right? He's like, yeah, okay, man, I gotta go. I gotta go do my calls for the day. And I looked at him like, Jeff, what? You just berated a guy on the phone for doing a cold call and now you have to go do them? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have something that people need. So he was justifying and this hypocritical marketing to me was like, there's gotta be a better way. I don't wanna blast messages better everywhere. So unmarketing came up as the opposite of that. And I actually came up with the name unmarketing because I thought it would look good on a bookshelf one day. And it I think clearly it does, does. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the term unmarketing, right? what's the essence of it? Really unmarketing is about, is not feeling like you're directly marketed to. That I always found that if you position yourself as a trusted expert in a certain field that, and give knowledge and give, builds trust that people will come to you. We do what we call it the hierarchy of buying. So the bottom of the hierarchy is people searching, wandering aimlessly for you, right? Back in the day it was yellow pages. And same as today, you never search something online if you already know somebody. So how do I know, like, and trust you? Well, I get to trust you because I read your stuff. I get to know you and I get to like you. And then like, I'd like to work with this person. I know you and I know you're a student of watching them. Right. You're also the king of the rant because you see them doing the wrong thing and you want to point them out. Right. So one of the things about, the great thing about our show and the books and everything else is you actually don't want your brand to appear in them. Most, most people want to be a parts of case studies, but our case studies aren't good. They're actually really bad. And we thought we needed a, a, a voice for that though that we gotta stand up and say, no, it's not right. Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. And at the end of the day, unmarketing, don't tell anybody this, it's really more consumer advocacy than, than marketing. It's really saying, standing up for people and saying a company can't do that. Because before, if you got wronged by a brand, what are we gonna do? You write them a sternly written letter? Or what are you? Now, the power shifted back to consumer. If I don't get what I paid for, I'm gonna let people know. Now, there's a flip side to that. And, what I don't like, where I get angry sometimes, which is consumers will use a term we call social extortion, which is if you don't do what I say, I'm gonna tweet about you. I just don't want us to abuse that. When you're picking and looking at these brands and what they're doing out there, have you ever started into a rant and maybe pushed it too far? One of the most important things to understand is I've never tried to be first with something. Because in this day and age of social media and immediacy that everybody wants to be the first and be the source, so they write a blog post and they want to be the one that CNN links to and everything else. But 
we don't need to be first right now. We need to be right first. You need to make sure you, you check. We need journalism back in, 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 in this world, right? We need True. people to vet stories and vet sources and confirmations. And this is not being braggy. Our show and what we do, we can shut a business down. We had, here's an example, somebody on Twitter a few years ago sent us a picture on Martin Luther King Jr. Day of a store in Duluth, Minnesota with a sign and it said, everything black, 25% off in the store. Right? You're like, hot diggity, right? That's amazing. And of course we see that and we're like, giddy up. Yeah. Like this is what we talk about. Yeah. And then I realized, we need to make sure this is real. And so we did some, uh, we went, found the original photographer to give them credit for the photo. And then we did some real sleuthing, some real PhD level journalism, and we phoned the store <laughs> to find out, is this true? And we called them, I said, do you have a 25% off everything black sale for MLK day? She's like, yep, till nine. Oh. And turned up the phone, I'm like, good. And then we wrote the blog post. Yeah. And the blog post went viral and it went nuts. But if I didn't check that, you can't take that back. The retraction, the apology never catches up with the viral. So we make sure it's justified. What out there, in your opinion, let's call it a brand or an ad campaign or something that's going on, do you see as truly awesome? I, we can't go one month, I, I swear, one month without hearing a great story about WestJet. And, and I don't mean their campaigns. I don't mean their stuff they do every Christmas, which is brilliant, by the way. But it's stories. We just shared a story last week of the WestJet pilot buying pizza for everybody who was uh, delayed on an Air Canada flight. Think about that for a second. That's amazing to me. And I'm sure he didn't think twice about it. That's how they hire. And I've always said, to market better, you need to hire better. I was on a WestJet flight a few years ago, and, was, and one of the executives from WestJet, we were flying out of Calgary, and one of the executives got on and introduced himself to the flight attendant. He says, hi, I'm Mr. Whatever, and I'm the VP of this for WestJet, and I'll be helping you with the service today on the flight. And he walked up, and he was the one doing the drink cart. And the chapter I'm reading is about how great WestJet is in our book. And I'm just like, is this, did you plan? And so we edited the chapter to add in what just happened. And it's not a fluke. Like he didn't get up there and say, I'm the VP and I'm gonna be doing drink service. If you wanna tweet, hashtag WestJet rules. It's like the random act of kindness, but it's a random act of brand kindness. I wanna give you the, the, the contrast to that. It's this hierarchy of it. So if WestJet is a great company, which they are, and I'm gonna to fly to Phoenix, Am I going to take the WestJet connecting flight with Delta in the States to get to Phoenix because I love the company, or will I take the direct Air Canada flight? And my answer is I take the direct flight. So that, that awesomeness sometimes only goes up so far because now it's like practicality or convenience that we, we rant and we rave about brands. We don't want to buy from here. Or these people are terrible, but we'll still do it. That's what, I, that's what I don't like about today, the other side of it, is the, sometimes the false sense of outrage that we get. I love outrage, it's, it's part of our brand, but then be real, that don't give them your money, that don't do that. That's how you vote with your dollar. You and Un Allison, who is your, as you put it, your more endearing half, have built this great Un podcast. As brands look to build platforms like podcasts, anything you can give them as a how to do it? Well, I think, yeah, first they shouldn't do a show that has the subtitle, uh, you know, the business show for the fed up because we have that cornered. That it's, but I think the problem is, I always call it the context of content. So, so why would we do it? What's the point? And is our audience right for that context? Podcasting is a very polarizing term on its own. We either listen to podcasts or we don't. From episode one, 
We came out with full HD, three camera shoot, audio producer, studio, sound room, everything, because we wanted the first episode to look like we've done it forever, that we are pros, because you can't get that back. If it's like, well, it's show one, let's see how this goes, and you kind of do it, and then you may invest later on, you get one chance for that first brand impression. If you're trying to attract Fortune 500 clients, and I'm not sure your basement cuts it. And do you have something to, t do you have something to talk about? Nobody right. needs to hear the CFO for six weeks in a row talk about the, 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 that annual report unless the show is going to other people in that industry. But you have to be as passionate about the topic as the listeners can be. And you have to be ready for um, the feedback as well because podcasting audiences are really intimate. They're really connected. You know, you're in your earbuds. They're, they're working out. They're walking the dog. They're driving to work. You're right in there. Yeah. And... Sometimes their feedback is also really, uh, you know, uh, personal. And the first comment ever on the show was, because the first show was actually 59 minutes long. We just talked until we were done. <laughs> and uh, the first comment on the post, it's still there, episode one, it says, 59 minutes? Question mark. I haven't actually listened yet, but 59 minutes? Come on. Like that. That's your... <laughs> the problem is your CFO gets on there and starts talking, and he doesn't have the best talking voice, somebody's gonna tweet that that guy should never talk into a microphone. You gotta know how to handle that. Because these people, especially the executives you bring in to be interviewed, they're not used to getting negative feedback. They're used to speaking at a conference to employees, and they'll say a joke and everybody will laugh, except you pay them. That's why most shows have guests. How are you? I'm still smitten with QR codes kill kittens. Now, that was my best Dr. Seuss there. <laughs> what right now in your mind is the current abuser of the world like the QR code was? Oh, live video, bar none. Streaming live video on Facebook. Here's the thing, it's whatever Facebook gives uh, their edge rank algorithm boost to. So three years ago, it was photos. So every brand came out now with their words on photos because, the, and Facebook's like, oh, you're killing it. Okay, now you can only have 25% words on the photo. They're like, we'll just shrink the words. And they shrink the words on the photos. And then it was video. They're like, we gotta do video. And they're just, we're running around like Jack frickin' Russell Terriers on Red Bull, like new content. And we're running and running and running because whatever Facebook said is good. Not one thought of, is the, is the content good? Does it make sense for the medium we're using it in? And now it's live freaking video. And I see it all, this gone live, this person's gone live, this brand's gone live, and I, you're not that interesting. I'm not that interesting, and I think I'm fascinating, and I'm not that interesting for live video. And I, I honestly believe some of the most important parts of video is sound, right? That if it doesn't sound right, the video, video will never look right because I'll be too distracted by it. And that's a whole part, and most of the live streaming cameras and stuff have terrible sound or you gotta put the camera far back so it's away from the sound source. And it's just, mm -hmm. it hurts your brand more than it helps. You guys are building a, a little bit of a content empire yourself. So unmarketing, unselling, I know you're building a documentary right now on speaking and the fear of speaking, which I love as a topic. And we and just signed the contract for unbranding, yeah. Now unbranding. Yeah. Where's the world of ungoing? For us, I think the show, doing this show is, something I'm so passionate about that uh, Allison and I get to sit there and talk and, and talk about what we love to talk about. Like, it, I, don't, I don't work. 
But I don't have this endless growth urge. And when we're not on stage, we're not doing the show, we're at home with the kids. Like that's where unmarketing is going, nowhere. Where it is now. So getting off the treadmill can be a good thing. But that's what I mean. I, look, if we didn't want to like what we do, we'd work for somebody then. What do you think the one thing brands can do to change the way they engage with people? Well, I, I think the, the need to feel that you have to be everywhere all the time. Uh, most brands can't do it. They don't think you need an Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, and everything else. Find out where your customers are and where are they talking about you. And do you want to be part of that conversation? Don't give the person a Twitter account and give them no autonomy. And every answer is a stock answer. Just call this number. Just call this number. You know how annoying that is? You ever gone to a store to return something and you get to the front and they're like, wrong line. It's actually over there. That's what you're doing to somebody with your brand on, on Facebook or Twitter. I've had airlines rebook me and pick a new seat through Twitter DMs. I've had entire uh, meals you know, fixed and, and delivered to us through a Facebook message. You can do it. It's just whether or not you want to invest the time. Is it truly a service channel? Then make it one. All right. Excellent conversation, Scott. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. Thank you.